Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show, number 930. We listened to some wild parakeets on last week's show, thanks to an audio postcard by Nancy from Tucson. She was watching Hispaniolan parakeets in the Dominican Republic. Well, this week we have kind of a good news story about another parakeet species, the gray-breasted parakeet, found only in Brazil. Little sound of that bird there. This species was on the brink of extinction when, starting just over a decade ago, several groups of conservationists stepped in to help. Well, now the bird is doing so well in its last stronghold that folks have hatched a plan to reintroduce it all across its historic northeast Brazil range. And the first phase of the plan reached a big milestone in February when a flock of gray-breasted parakeets at a reintroduction site were successful in raising chicks. Great story about a bird from Brazil. By the way, credit is due to the American Bird Conservancy for their support of the project. It's audio postcard time. We have one from Jeremy Nault, checking in from Brindisi, Italy, and one from Haley Perez out in San Diego, California. Here's Haley. Hi, everyone. This is Haley from San Diego, and that beautiful sound is a western meadowlark. I think there's actually a couple of them calling back and forth. I'm at a grasslands preserve right now, and um, I'm also looking at mountain bluebirds, which is the first time I've seen them, and they're just so gorgeous. And listening to the meadowlarks, it's a perfect, peaceful morning. Hope everyone's having a great day. Happy birding! Good morning, Ray, from southeastern Italy, in a small town called Brindisi. Jeremy here. And in the background, you should be able to hear some European greenfinches that have been uh, singing pretty actively every morning here. They sure do have an active song. All right, thanks. Thank you, Jeremy, and thank you also to Haley in California. Audio postcards, we love getting them. If you'd like to send one to us, we'd like to get them and listen to them and put them on the air. Uh, Make a little recording with your smartphone or other device, and uh, if you can make a little file, like an MP3 file, just email it to ray at talkingbirds.com, ray at talkingbirds.com. And if you have questions, uh, use that same address and uh, we were kind of standing by to uh, assist. <laughs> that intriguing sound is that of our mystery bird, and it's a preview of the contest coming along a bit later on in the show. 
want to have you ready for that contest when we get to it a little bit later. Our mystery bird is a small water bird with a brown head and body, a small head, a brown head, (laughs) and a short, thick bill. In summer, the pale bill has a black ring around it. Our bird is a resident-to-short-distance migrant. Some northern range individuals wintering as far south as northern Central America, while those in the southern U.S. and Mexico don't migrate. It's found mostly in fresh water, sometimes salt or brackish water. It feeds by diving for fish and in invertebrates. That's our, our mystery bird. We have beautiful prizes, including a Brome Bird Care Mega 600 Feeder. Easy to clean and chew-proof, and it even includes the Brome Seed Ventilation System to keep the cool or to keep the seed cool and dry. And it comes with the Brome Lifetime Care Warranty, and we have a big bag of delicious birds and beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee. In our prize list on our Mystery Bird Contest coming along a little bit later on in this morning's show. A royal salute to some of the folks that are the superstars of our Talking Birds listening audience. And those are Talking Birds ambassadors, listeners who have stepped up and helping us spread the word about birds, the wonder of birds, and the importance of conservation. And today we want to say thank you to David Brown from Charlotte, North Carolina. And David says, I'm a mailman and can tack up some cards on the bulletin boards at my apartment and townhouse mailboxes. Love your show. Thank you for that, David, and thank you so much for becoming an ambassador and for coming up with that very cool word to or way to get those cards out there. And thank you to Levi Ziegler from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, our first Saskatchewan ambassador. Levi is also a proud plurter, picking up litter while birding. And he says, as an environmental technologist, I do plenty of field work and get to travel around my province. This is great for seeing birds and exploring new places. I usually take a bag with me on walks to pick up litter, but didn't know there was a name for it. Cheers to the fellow plurters. Thank you so much, Levi, for being an ambassador and a proud plurter. So, Talking Birds listeners, if you'd like to become an ambassador, and we would certainly love that, and or a proud plurter, you can go to Get Involved, the tab right at the top of our website, to do either or both. So that's the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com, and there's no G in talking. Still to come today, we'll welcome, direct from the Talking Birds book nest, our resident reviewer, Susan Edwards-Richmond. Also today in our Let's Ask Mike segment, Mike O'Connor will ask this provocative question. How noisy are worms when you think about it? <clears throat> and up next, an exceptionally beautiful and vulnerable goose is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. We learned from recent show guest Hannah Bushert about an Israeli-based awareness and fundraising event called Champions of the Flyway. This year's event was dedicated to the conservation of a globally endangered bird that we've made our featured feathered friend for this week. It's the red-breasted goose. 
The red-breasted goose is unmistakable in its striking plumage. Chestnut red on the throat, breast, and sides of the head, bordered in white. A white flank stripe, black belly and tail, and a white undertail. Its colors and patterns are reminiscent of those of the harlequin duck. Genetic studies indicate that the bird may be the result of ancient interbreeding between the ancestral brant goose and white-cheeked goose more than three million years ago, with the lineage of the red-breasted goose following its own evolutionary path since then. The red-breasted goose breeds in Arctic Siberia, with most wintering along the northwestern shores of the Black Sea in Bulgaria, Romania, and Ukraine, and occasionally southwest to Greece. It's a rare vagrant to Great Britain and other parts of Western Europe. This bird's population has declined dramatically, with only 40,000 believed to be remaining in the wild. The many threats to its survival include oil and gas drilling, hunting and trapping, human intrusions and disturbance, and climate change. The good news is that there are many conservation efforts underway, from research and monitoring, land and water protection, and species management, to awareness and fundraising programs like Champions of the Flyway. It's today's featured feathered friend, Branta rufacollis, the red-breasted goose. Welcome again. It's our show number 930. Well, our resident reviewer of books, Susan Edwards Richmond, is herself the author of numerous books for children, including Bird Count, winner of a Parents' Choice Silver Award and the International Literacy Association's Primary Fiction Award, and BioBlitz, Counting Critters. She's an award-winning poet as well, with five collections of nature-based poetry for adults. She's also a passionate birder and naturalist who teaches preschool at an Audubon sanctuary, and she joins us right now from the Talking Birds Book Nest. Good morning, Susan. Morning, Ray. Hello, everybody. Well, it's wonderful to have you back again from the Book Nest, Susan, here in Citizen Science Month, April. Indeed. You have some books to tell us about to reflect that fact, right? Yes, it's a great month when families can get out and actually start helping contribute data to many, many projects that are ongoing. So I have a few wonderful books that could get them started. The the first one is Citizen Scientists, Be a Part of Scientific Discovery from Your Own Backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, That book is written by Lori Griffin Burns and with just beautiful photos by Ellen Harasimovitz. And it's a great introduction to what citizen science, or sometimes we call it community science, to make everyone certainly know that it's when we talk about citizen, it's a global citizen. It doesn't require citizenship in any mm-hmm. other form to commun- mm-hmm. to participate. So we all, in the children's literature community, we often call it community science. Mm-hmm. So there's a nice introduction, and then there's four chapters on four big different science projects that people can take part in, a monarch project, a ladybug counting project, an amphibian project, and the longest running citizen science project of them all, uh, the Christmas bird count um, that National Audubon Society runs. That is so cool. Citizen yeah. scientists be a part yeah, of so scientific that's... scientific discovery from your own backyard. No traveling required there. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the point is you've got excitement yeah. right right where you live. 
Um, so the second the second book that I wanted to present is called Counting Birds, mm-hmm. the idea that helps save our feathered friends. And this is written by Heidi E. Weiss Stemple, um, who is also the, the daughter of Jane Yolen, who was the girl featured in the, the famous book, Owl Moon. Hmm. And um, her illustrator for that book is named Clover Robin, appropriately. Um, <laughs> you have a bird name. You've got to yeah. do something in the yeah, bird community. got to use it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this is a great um, picture book about the origins of the Christmas bird count, So, um, which started over 100 years ago as a kind of a shooting match mm-hmm. um, to see how many birds could be killed. And Frank Chapman, um, who objected to that theory, that idea, mm-hmm. transformed it into a conservation project, which, as I said, is now the longest running project in the world um, and gave people the idea that we don't have to shoot the birds. We yeah. can just count them. Yeah, what a revolutionary thing that was, too, when you, th- when, you, when you think about it. And as you say, the oldest citizen science project out there now. So some real longevity. So in other book, you have How to Find a Bird. I like this. Yes. So this one sort of <laughs> takes you down the next part of the progression. Um, there are a lot of um, bird counts going on right now, or very soon. I know I'm going to be participating in Mass Audubon's birdathon in mm. in may during the migration season this book is called how to find a bird and it's written by jennifer ward it's a beautiful picture book illustrated by diana sudica and it kind of takes you on a count journey with these beautiful full color illustrations um, of different habitats and the birds are beautifully um, accurately and yet somewhat whimsically rendered on the pages so you can do kind of a seek and find on the pages mm. while you learn how to look for birds look you know some spreads are about looking up some are about looking down some find birds that are camouflaged so it's it's a really fun book to kind of imitate the experience of a bird count and then you can take that knowledge outdoors with you when you want to do a bird count of your own very cool how to find a bird jennifer ward well here's a little uh, preview this is uh, a few months from now but in august i think it's august 8th you have a new book coming out a new picture book called night owl night tell yes, us about I'm that i'm very excited about this book it's coming out as you say august 8th which is serendipitously four days after international owl awareness day so mm-hmm. please look for my social media campaign visit <laughs> in anticipation of owl awareness day i'll be celebrating many uh, books about owls or have owl characters that are written by um, different children's authors over the course of, I'll be doing this every every 10 days or so, there'll be there'll be a post. But this is illustrated by Maribel Lashuga. I am so thrilled about the book. It's about bird banding, um, the one of our migratory owls, the saw wet owl. Uh-huh. So there's, it's a story about a girl who goes with her, her, um, her scientist mother on a bird banding evening so there's there's a story, but then there's also a lot of really interesting information, facts about what it would be like to go on a bird banding expedition mm-hmm. and what, what scientists look for and the tools that they use. It reminds me of a, a young lady here in Massachusetts who wanted to ban saw-wet owls. And experts said, there are no saw-wet owls around here. And she went out there and banded a whole batch of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they they do. Some of them do live here, but a lot they're a lot more pass through. Indeed. Um, yeah. I'm just looking to. I have a couple of other notes here about um, Owling from Story Publishing and Who Knew by Annette Whipple. 
Ah, uh, yes. Who knew is one of the ones that I will feature during my uh, my anticipatory campaign on Facebook and Instagram. All right. Susan Edwards Richmond is the author of numerous books for children, including the Parents' Choice Silver Award-winning Bird Count and BioBlitz Counting Critters. And she's an award-winning creator of poetry for adults. You can learn more about her at SusanEdwardsRichmond.com. And you can see and hear her Book Nest book reviews under the Read button at TalkingBirds.com. Did I get all that right? Sounds good to me, Ray. (laughs) All right. Susan, thank you for joining us uh, from the Book Nest. And enjoy that beautiful spring birding, which I know you've already started doing. Thank you so much. Have fun with community science out there. Take care. Indeed. Susan Edwards Richmond here on Talking Birds. And up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. We have arrived at the official mystery bird contest place here. That's our bird contest is now underway, so we urge you to call as soon as you can if you have an answer for us or a guess. As always, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner from among answers received, so uh, give us one of those answers or a guess at 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird is a small water bird with a brown head and body, a short, thick bill. In summer, the pale bill has a black ring around it. Our bird is a resident to short-distance migrant, with some northern range individuals wintering as far south as northern Central America, while those in the southern U.S. and Mexico don't migrate. It's found mostly in fresh water, but sometimes in salt or brackish water. It feeds by diving for fish and invertebrates, and it's our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include a big bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee. This is the coffee that's grown in such a way that the natural forest environment in the tropics is preserved for birds and lots of other creatures as well. Distinguished from sun-grown coffee that some of the big makers use and clear-cut the forest to grow the coffee, birds and beans, delicious shade-grown coffee, plus a Brome Bird Care Mega 600 feeder. It has an extra-large tube that holds nearly two and a half pounds of seed, It's easy to clean and chew-proof. It includes the Brome Seed Ventilation System to keep the seed cool and dry, and it comes with the Brome Life Care Care Lifetime Wear or Care Warranty. If I put that all together, it comes out Lifetime Care Warranty. 781-837-4900 is the number. And just this quick reminder, if you're not hearing our show live, 
and would like to for our next mystery bird contest, for example, just go to TalkingBirds.com and you can see how to listen live. Very easy to do from anywhere. Our live broadcast, by the way, is on Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Once again, that number is 781-837-4900. And meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautiobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. Michael Connor is down there on beautiful Cape Cod, the famous Bird Watchers General Store. And uh, as we do our show live, 9.30 to 10 on Sunday mornings, Eastern Time, a lot of folks are having breakfast. So that's why Mike wants to talk about worms. And he's with us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Although I did take a break and um, I'm playing a video game now. Oh, are you playing it? How's it working out? Fine, so yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Although I keep opening the garage doors, so maybe I'm hitting the wrong button. I don't know. <laughs> That's one of the downsides. You have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing worm study. Well, people ask, and they see that they see a robin like out on their lawn or a soccer field, and the robin will run a little bit, and it'll ta- stop and it'll, like tip its head, cock its head towards the ground, and then it'll move a little bit, and then all of a sudden, zip, it grabs a yeah. worm, and. You know, the theory is, how does the robin know where to, where to find a worm and why do they tip their head? And um, for years, I was taught, and people still say this, that, you know, they actually can, they, they tip their head because they're listening for the worm, like a dog listening. Um, and that's what people kind of thought, and some people still talk about that, but it seems that that's not really true because, first of all, how noisy are worms when you think about it? No one ever hears, oh, listen to the worms. So the, it's, they actually, the wor- robin is actually looking, according to David Sibley's most recent book, mm-hmm. just staring, cocks his eye and stares at the ground because their eyes on the side of their head. Mm-hmm. And then they look at the, the ground and if they see movement or something in the ground that indicates a worm might be just below the surface, mm-hmm. it, they grab it. And that's probably how they find the worms. Not so much that they're listening. When I was looking at this, I found something that I didn't know. This is the that, shocking part here, right? This is the shocking part. Yeah. This is, this is, <laughs> I don't know. How old do you have to be when you, you find out something that the whole world maybe knows or that's all around you didn't know? But the worms in our yard, the worms in our garden, the worms that you and I went fishing with when we were kids, the worms we see everywhere, they're all introduced. They all came over from Europe. When when the pilgrims landed here, the early bird couldn't get the worm because there were no worms. There's no North American worms in most of North America. The the last ice age 
just wiped them all out, and then it receded, and the worms didn't bother coming back. And there were no worms here for the robins until the pilgrims arrived. And when they brought plants and things, then probably up to like 30 different species of earthworms invaded North America. And that's why we have them in our garden. That's why we have them in the lawn. They're all foreigners. They're all introduced. Now, that seems like a good thing because fishermen and gardeners love worms. They aerate the soil. They're good. But it turns out, like anything else that we introduce, it's not that great. When worms are released in a forested area, they eat all the organic matter, and um, it gets rid of all the, the leaf litter and vegetation at the top where a lot of plants and animals depend upon it, and University of UVA in, in Vermont it shows a study of a forest where there's no earthworms have been released, and it's just lush fern, uh, vegetation growing underneath the trees, and then you go to an area where worms have accidentally been released, and it's all empty underneath. You can just walk under there. It looks more like a park. Mm. And, and actually, as the worms spread, it become a problem. So we need more robins and apparently more fishermen to get to, to alleviate the one. But who knew worms were kind of an issue? I was wondering what the solution was. It's more robins and more fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right, All right Ray, i got to go close the garage door now. <laughs> See you next week, Mike. Okay, you got it. Mike O'Connor with this edition of As the Worm Turns from the Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. A uh, quick recap of our mystery bird, a small water bird with a small brown head and a brown body, a short, thick bill. In summer, the pale bill has a black ring around it. What is that mystery bird? We're giving preference to callers named Mike today, so we're going to go to Mike uh, somewhere in Georgia. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Where in Georgia, if you care to share? Uh, Kennesaw. Kennesaw in Georgia. What a classic name that is, Kennesaw. Kennesaw Mountains, right? Is that... Uh, yeah. is yes, that? that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So you heard the clues and all that, Mike. What do you think on the, uh, on the mystery bird there? Um, I'm wondering if it's a pied-billed grebe. A pied-grilled... You're wondering that. Would you like to make that your guess? Yes. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, pied-billed grebe is absolutely correct. A cool-looking bird, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a, it sort of looks like a duck, and it swims like a duck, uh, but it doesn't have webbed feet. It has these lobes extending out on the sides of the toes, so it kind of uses that as a way to do some uh, paddling, even though it doesn't have the, uh, the webbed feet. Uh, but, Mike, thank you. you. I think we have time for a, do we have time? Yeah, for a bonus question, if you'd uh, be, like to try it. Sure. It's kind of a seasonal one. We know that climate change presents many serious threats and challenges to birds. But climate change also appears to be having an effect on something else that kind of coincides with spring migration. It's the start of the Major League Baseball season. So our multiple-choice bonus question here is, how are climate change-related higher temperatures 
affecting baseball. Here are the choices. A, higher temps mean players get tired faster, so they make more errors. B, higher temps means outfield grass grows faster, kind of slows the ball down rolling. C, higher temps mean more home runs are being hit. Or D, higher temps mean players will soon be wearing short shorts instead of long pants out there. (laughs) (laughs) Choices there, uh, Mike, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with uh, C. C would be uh, more home runs are being hit, which is absolutely uh, correct. Yeah, it's so interesting because uh, scientists say, you know, uh, because um, air density is inversely proportional to temperature, um, warmer air is less dense, so the ball travels farther. Nice work, Mike. Are you still there, Mike? Yes, I'm still here. (laughs) <laughs> We're losing you, but you're... Um, um, the phone is kind of coming in and out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations, and stay on the line there, Mike. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Jesse, you'll get your info next week. Brilliant slow-motion videographer Ramesh Mohan will be our guest. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.